it is okay to ask for help, right? We bring in that togetherness of the community and we ask for help. It's okay to admit to yourself, it's okay to admit to others that you need help understanding, you know, why you are the way you are, right? Why your kiddo is the way they are. And, you know, it's okay to go out and, and seek a guide. Is your child's challenging behavior leaving you feeling exhausted, defeated, and hopeless? You are not alone. And I want you to know you are not a failure and your child is not broken. Welcome to Calm the Chaos Parenting, the podcast for parents raising strong-willed, highly sensitive, or neurodivergent children. I'm Dana Abraham, parenting expert, and I have helped hundreds of thousands of families just like yours. Each week, I'll share simple science-backed solutions to help you feel more grounded, in tune, and deeply connected to your child, no matter what challenge you face. Start your journey from surviving to thriving as a family at calmthechaospodcast.com. Today's episode was originally slated to be a sensory processing episode, right, which is our story how we figured out what role sensory processing played in in my kid's life and him growing up and how we learned a ton about ourselves uh, in that process. But the reality is, as much as I know about that, I think we would be doing you a disservice if I handled that episode by myself. Dana has written an entire book on the subject with a couple of occupational therapists um, from Inspired Treehouse. And, you know, it's an amazing resource if you guys haven't haven't had a chance to, to check it out, right? It's just sensoryprocessing101.com. Uh, you can grab yourself a book. It's super amazing. It's full color, all that good jazz. Uh, but she wrote the book, right? So I think I would be doing you guys a disservice by saying, hey, I'll just talk about that, right? I know a ton about a ton, but I think she's got a couple of things figured out that uh, just don't come natural, naturally to me. And... You know, if I'm being honest, she was the one who brought sensory processing to the table, right? She's the one who was sort of like in the trenches figuring this out, right? And if you've listened to earlier episodes, you know, we we joke about how in those really hard times and those really tough times, I was researching turtle tanks and turtles and how to like get the right filters and all these things. Like it was like a problem we had. But it wasn't the main problem that we had, so to speak. But I kind of was just like, I, I was I was handing over some of my power to her. And, you know, she had the early childhood education background. Um, you know, she had all the psychology stuff down. We're a mixed family, right? So I'm a step-parent to the, the two boys. And then we've got our, our daughter, uh, who is ours together. So I was just kind of like, oh, well, you know, like I'm just kind of playing the step-parent role. I, I didn't know exactly where to fit in. So that's exactly what it actually I wasn't I wasn't planning this segue of but you know it, it's worked out pretty well right because this is a perfect segue into what I wanted to talk to you guys about and that is right how do we as dads right in right at the time of this recording 2023 right so in like the 2020s how do we as dads as fathers how do we invest in figuring out what our role is in modern parenting, right? What the heck does that even mean, right? How do we get invested in figuring out their role for modern parenting? 
And I think this is what I mean by this. I think there's a couple of layers here that I want to talk about that I think are going to be super important. I'm not going to call them ground rules per se, but like just ideas that have been coming to me that have been jotting down over the last couple of days when when it became apparent that I was going to be doing this episode. The main thing that was happening is she felt so alone in the parenting like rat race, right? She thought her kid was broken and what are we going to do and how she failed him and that she was a failure. And that resonates really, really well uh, with the women in our audience, right? They come in, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. You're right. Like this community is amazing. And it's it's really heartwarming to to provide that that sense of community and that sense of belonging because I think that's critical for for all humans. And the amazing part to me is that it's not just women who need that sense of belonging. Men need it too, right? But right now we are at an interesting time, right? There's a shift happening. There's a shift coming kind of down the pipeline here. As we start to move away from uh, sort of old way top down systems to a more community based, right, which is almost like this is the original plan, right? <laughs> Let's work together as a community to raise kids. And I think we're, we're finally coming down to uh, like the head of old way doesn't work so well, right? Top down does not help people feel seen, valued or heard, right? And I want to put that message out to to men, right? You are not alone. Uh, I know that I've had the opportunity, you know, the pleasure to coach a couple of men one on one, right? They're, sometimes they're partners together, but I've had some some sessions just with with the men. Uh, and even a couple of years ago, I, I got the pleasure of knowing a gentleman really well uh, over the course of a year as we did one on one coaching together. And I think it's just as important. I think it's it's. It needs to be said, right? Like, guys, you are not alone, right? So I think the thing I want to uh, really take shape here is the emphasis on doing things together. For our, our married folk, that means like including the kids in on conversations, including the kids in on, on decision-making, uh, including their wife and on how they're feeling, what they're going through, what they're thinking, right? How can we bring them in into the conversation for solo dads out there, right? And and I know we're, we're sort of addressing this like mano a mano, like dad to dad, but, you know, for, for you moms listening, right, I, I think you can kind of make the parallel to yourselves here as well. So uh, for, for solo parents or solo dads, what does that look like, right? How do you have a together relationship if it's just you and you and your kid, right? Maybe you have a sitter that helps you out. Maybe you have grandparents that help you out. How can we include them in the conversation? Um, how can you talk to your coworkers about what's going on, right? Just start Start involving your network of people uh, so that you don't feel so alone, right? Because chances are there are other people in your vicinity, right, in your pipeline that can help you, right, and help you feel not so alone, maybe give you some advice. Heck, you know, you can come out and hang out in our world uh, and, and get the support you need there too, right? The The definition of community has just changed so rapidly in the last 20, 30 years, right? So there's definitely a place for you 
if you choose to seek it out, which is pretty amazing. So again, just the emphasis on together. I think it's super important for that uh, feeling of connectedness, the feeling of support, uh, and just dealing with some of the hard changes that you know come with becoming a father. The second piece is, I think they're all equally important here, right? And this one goes hand in hand with the emphasis on being together. Now, this one I think is particularly hard for some people. There is an emphasis for uh, men to feel like they need to have answers all the time, things getting figured out, right? We are a <laughs> gender. Is it gender? Is that the right word? I was like species. No, that's not it. That's like genus. Nope. So, you know, like as a gender, right, as like the, the, the sex of male, I think tied in with some of the, the like sociological like downloads we get, like what society tells us, right? We tend to be fixers, right? We're doers, we're action takers, we're fixers. Uh, and I think in the last, you know, 50, 60 years of modern psychology, you know, and probably bolstered by a lot of women's magazines, you know, over the years is like, not everyone needs you to fix everything all the time. Sometimes they just need you to listen. So let me put it this way. Women are not the only ones here who um, feel this way, right? Sometimes you just need someone to listen, right? Whether you're man, woman, you know, and everything in between. So I think what I'm saying here is it is okay to ask for help, right? We bring in that togetherness of the community and we ask for help. Right? It's okay to admit to yourself, right? It's okay to admit to others that you need help understanding, you know, why you are the way you are, right? Why your kiddo is the way they are. Uh, and, you know, it's okay to go out and, and seek a guide, right? Maybe that's a, a counselor or a therapist. Maybe it's an online platform, an online coach, a transformational coach, whatever that is for you. Um, maybe, maybe you just need a friend to listen. Maybe you need a spouse or a partner to listen, right? But having that sense of togetherness, comboing it with the permission to ask for help, now we're starting to have a super powerful relationship, not only with ourselves, but our kids, you know, and maybe our spouse or our partner as well. Okay, now those two premises are pretty strong. And I, I want to, you know, I'm, I'm by no means making this like a, an all-inclusive list or an all-encompassing list, but these three really stand out for me. And the next one really comes down to the need to get everything right. Uh, that is, That is something that happens a lot of the times, you know, it is a result of how the brain works when you are growing up and, you know, downloading the thinking of those around you. And the, the result is that 
when you, you know, when you're young and you get things wrong, right, or things are going wrong, uh, maybe in your environment, you know, maybe your parents are fighting or your friends got into a fight, you start to to internalize that. And, you know, you make it your like your compass, your North Star to um, make things right. Right. Because when things are out of place, you're like, oh, let me let me just fix that real quick. I can I can fix this. I'll, I'll do that. Right. Which, again, like, you know, you, you bring it up to the first one, like it's OK to get things wrong. Right. It's OK to ask for help when we are in this together. Right. We're going to figure it out together. Right. But. We, we the way we currently have society set up, the way we currently talk to kids and help them, uh, kind of like in the old way fashion, it doesn't allow for us to have that that conversation, that honest conversation of, hey, you know what? I noticed that you were trying to fix the situation, you know, but uh, you know this isn't actually about you. This is. Um, this is about us, right? This has nothing to do with you. Like we don't, we don't have that conversation for the most part. All right. I'm, I'm sure some, some parents are having that or some caregivers are having that conversation. So when you have this permission to get it wrong, when you have the permission to feel your feelings, right? Some pretty amazing things happen, right? When you are permitted to feel your emotions and process them, right? Not just shove them down, not just say, well, you know, this is how my parents did it and this is how their granddad is and you you man up and, and you, you know, you go for it and, and you lay down the law, right? But when something happens and it hurts, right, or it feels bad, really getting clear on what that means, right? How can we as a society get to a point where, you know, men have access to models of thinking that help them regulate their emotions, right? How to get them access or give them permission, right, to see things differently when things aren't perfect in their world, right? How do we start changing that? Because I think if we can get in touch a little bit with um, some of the emotions that are going through your body, right, and through your mind, while you are experiencing like the joys, the ups, the downs of parenthood, of fatherhood, right, some amazing things could happen. Because if we're having a relationship with the world at large where we are together and we're one, right, when we are asking for help when we need it, when we're feeling our feelings, right, we won't have that need, that, that aim for perfection all the time, right? And if we aren't aiming for perfection, right, if that isn't our goal, right, because that to be honest, guys, it just doesn't exist, right? Shoot for like 70, maybe 80% of perfection max. And uh, so if that doesn't exist, right, that means we're not downloading that, that baggage, right, <laughs> onto our kids that they have to get it perfect and they have to know all the answers and they have to do it alone, right? So if we didn't get into... um into the game, right, to be perfect, right? If that's not possible, if it's not, if it's not an actual outcome that can be achieved, right, 
I think it's time to start changing how we play the game. Dana here, and guess what? My book, Calm the Chaos, has officially launched. So if you enjoy the podcast and find the stuff we're sharing valuable, I'm 100% sure you're going to love the book. You can get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you use this link, you'll also get some special bonuses. So once again, the link is calmthechaosbook.com. Thanks. I hope you're enjoying the show. So I think that leads into my story. Um, And I remember in the very early days, right, we were figuring out a lot of things or what seemed like a lot. Now it's kind of like just the tip of the iceberg um, about what made my kid tick um, and eventually what made me tick. Um, And the journey we've been on since then has just been like transformational, life-changing, uh, to say the least. You know, we, we have the intro stories where we talk about how hard it was, you know, uh, growing up with my oldest. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to retell just a little bit, little bit of it, but I, I don't want to, you know, repeat too much information. But the idea here is that my, my kiddo, he was seven or eight at the time, right? He had always been a little different, uh, you know, Growing up, I had the two boys for for you know a couple of years there before uh, my daughter came along, and I remember uh, my now middle son. You know, I think he was like three or four, maybe five at the time. Uh, we really connected. He was like a big goofball, a lot of fun. You know, just really liked a rough house, and he was super sincere and considerate, um, like a really super nice guy. Right, he would just give you the shirt off his back if he could. Um, and we connected a ton. Um, and I remember it being really, really hard to connect with Eli. And it took a couple of years and, you know, a lot of different things down the road. And we ended up taking him to a really awesome Nuka chiropractor, like out in like Rockford, right? We used to drive two hours to go see him. He was super cool. He was really gentle. I think he really understood kind of like, how to approach, you know, Eli at the time, uh, you know, because too much input would excite him. And uh, he just had this very calm manner about him. And I remember we discovered that uh, he would kind of do like the eye test, you know, like where you take your finger and you move it left and right and up and down. And what he realized is that uh, Eli's eyes weren't tracking, right? He would get to a certain point, it would stop. And then like he would like reconnect later. Uh, But there was a very large gap. And he did the the adjustment, uh, this very first appointment. Uh, and Nuka is like a very gentle uh, approach, right? They just sort of, they, they only adjust like the upper cervical stuff, um, you know, kind of like uh, from your like nose down to your, your, your neck. Um, not a chiropractor, so don't quote me on that. But like, it's just the, the very high side. And it's a very gentle approach. Like it's all about sort of like the leverage of the hand. And if you don't know anything about it, it totally looks like they're not even like putting any pressure or applying anything, uh, you know, and I remember my skeptic wife was just like, did they do anything? I'm so confused. Why did we drive all this way? Why did we pay all this money? Uh, and like at the Christmas miracle part of it was at the end of it, uh, he gave him the same, you know, finger test, the up and down and the left and right finger uh, and he was able to track every single movement. And it was like, 
I, I'm, I was, it was amazing. And, I, and I'm tempted to say that it was a Christmas miracle and it was like, you know, uh, Merry Christmas to all. And, but the reality was, it was like Nightmare on Elm Street because uh, in this moment, we realized that he was never really truly looking at us when he was looking at us. He was looking to the side, he was looking above, he was looking down below. But he was looking anywhere but into our eyes or in our face. And what ensued after we, you know, gave him sort of the boost or the charge to like fully have tracking of his eyes was that for the first time in a long time, you know, forever maybe, uh, he was able to truly look at our face and comprehend that maybe we were not so happy with him. Uh, in these moments. And he was like, whoa, you're super mad at me. Or man, I've disappointed you. Or whatever he was reading in our face that he never really truly had a chance to. What I realized kind of simultaneously while this happening is that I wasn't connecting with him because we were never really truly like meeting eye to eye. We were never engaging. Uh, And at the time, I didn't know any better that that didn't exist, right? Uh, I didn't know how to connect beyond sort of the like fun roughhousing dad because it was working so well for for Caden, right? And it's like it's how I grew up, right? I played sports with my dad, we hung out, we had fun, um, but you know, with with Eli, there was just there was a whole new ball game that I hadn't figured out yet. Going into those next couple of years, right, where. I don't know what the scientific proof is behind this. I I don't, I haven't done research on it, but I swear to you, there is sort of like this, this hormonal change that happens between like eight and 10, eight and 11, something like that. It's kind of like before preteens, like pre preteens. I don't know what it, what it is, but there are definitely some changes that happen. And, you know, as my kiddo, started to experience those, those shifts in his body. Um, he started to become a lot more destructive, a lot more aggressive, you know, and a lot more, um, like inwardly hateful of who he was becoming. Now, uh, I'm pretty sure that's what was going on in his mind. So, let me paint the picture just a little bit, right? We were having multiple, meltdowns a day, multiple physical aggressions during the day. Uh, They were lasting for multiple hours, right? So sometimes we would have like five or six, two hour meltdowns a day, right? Now, if you do the math on that, it's not pretty, right? So maybe don't do that. And I remember blaming my kid for like my life falling apart, right? Like our, our marriage was crumbling. I was angry all the time, right? I wasn't paying any attention to my middle kid, right? I was doing everything I could could to survive, right? We were we were in business, we were trying to make, you know, ends meet, we we're trying to make money, we we're trying to grow this program and, you know, I was trying to protect my daughter, you know, and and in some ways she was protecting me, right? Cuz I was I was able to like take the baby and then like get out of the house or take the baby and go to a different part of the house, uh whatever it was. Um it was miserable, right? And I was blaming him for all of that. Now, it seems pretty crazy to take an eight-year-old and then blame your entire life passing or failing on them, 
right? And I've learned that now, but in the moment, it is so hard to realize that you're giving all your power away to an eight-year-old whose only like mission is to try and figure out what in the hell is happening to them, right? They're like in a rage, they're throwing fits, you know, and when they're over and everything's calm, they, they just, they have so much remorse and regret and they're like, oh my God, I don't want to be this way, right? And I remember thinking one day, uh, well, I, I'll, I'll tell a little bit of that story too. So uh, after a couple of months of this, maybe a year, we started having such big fits that we were having to go to the hospital for help because we just didn't know how to help him. Uh, he was getting so aggressive or so violent uh, that there was no way we could safely hold him uh, and we needed help. Uh, so um, we would take him to the hospital or get an ambulance or, you know, whatever the case was. Right. And then it, it would, it would happen. So after we take him to the hospital, right, we have like a, um, we have some caseworkers who say, Hey, we need to, we need to admit him into the hospital, which we said, I think in the last episode or maybe one before that, uh, and we, we had so many incidences where it was like, oh, my God, it's a $3,000 ride to the hospital. So uh, I'm just going to take him myself. Right. We're half a mile from the hospital. We can put him in the car. It'll be totally fine. So this one time we we get him. He's in the parking lot of Starbucks. He's on the roof. He's like kicking at us. He's kicking. He's stomping on the roof. What's amazing is no one in the drive through calls the police. No one asks if she needs help. It's just my wife like crying on the curb. There is an eight year old or nine year old, whatever he was at the time, you know, stomping and kicking and screaming. Uh, no one offers to help. Right. So again, like point one, we're in this together. If we have a community where we're asking for help, right, how can we make this happen? So Dana calls me. I grab all the kids, I throw in our other car, we drive to the place, we like, I like kind of goad him to kick me, he kicks me, I grab him off the thing, I, I put him in the car, Dana is like holding on to him in the back seat, and uh, we drive to the, to the hospital, you know, now, in hindsight, this is a traumatic disaster that I've got all of my children and my wife, right, with a kid who's having an absolute meltdown, like an out of body experience, right, so, it was totally worth the $3,000 ambulance ride to avoid that. I know now. So uh, it just a little tip in case that happens to you guys, just money doesn't matter. Uh, you know, your, your kids uh, <laughs> mental health far more important. So, but it led to this realization, right? So we've got my wife in the car, kids are with me. They're in the, the waiting room of the hospital. I go out to, uh, like kind of guide the nurses to the situation, to the car. And they start taking charge. And originally, I think it was two guys came out and then they call for backup, right? And eventually there were six grown men who uh, very calmly, uh, you know, communicated with each other and made sure that he was safe. And they got him out of the car onto like a gurney and, and like strapped him in uh, so that they could get him in the hospital so they could give him... Uh, some medication to just calm his nervous system and, and just chill him out a little bit. And it was in that moment, right? Uh, I think it was like right around like the time of Avenger or something like that. Like there were these multiple epiphanies that I had. Uh, and it was one that I'm pretty sure my kid was turning into Hulk, right? It was no longer, you know, 
nine-year-old or 10-year-old Eli in his body, right? He had left the building and it was total rage mode, total primitive systems came online, right? You could say hello to him and he would have scratched your eyes out, right? Because he saw you as a threat at that point. Now, knowing what I know now, doing the deep dive into all that work and truly understanding what was happening inside of his body, right? He was going into fight, flight, or freeze, right? And he was clawing his way out, right? Some kids will run, right? Some kids will shut down. Uh, some kids will fawn, right? They'll just say, yeah, okay, whatever you want, right? And, but inside they're dying, right? They're burning themselves alive, but they, they're just, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, whatever you need, right? They're not advocating for themselves. So for, for him, it was that fight, right? So it was really, really similar to Hulk, now, in the subsequent months, you know, in years down the line, um, this is where my journey begins of uh, becoming a new human, right? This is when I thought something has to change, right? And, and you, can, you can watch some of the patch epi past episodes and listen to Dana and I talk about our marriage and, and what had to change. And, you know, we've talked about what it meant to get divorced and, and, you know, we talked about how scary that would be and, and all the different avenues. Right. And I think what I was trying to say in that moment was that like, I couldn't live like this anymore. Something had to change. Right. And for me, it was rock bottom. Right. I was super angry all the time. I was going into rage mode. I couldn't help. I like, I seemed to make things worse. Right. There was a ton of negative self-talk surrounding almost every minute of every day, right? Nothing that anyone did was good enough. Uh, it was, it's like a train wreck. It's a nightmare, right? Like, I, like change the channel, man. I don't want to see this anymore. Um, yeah, it's sometimes it's awful to look back and, and, and say, whoa, that's where I was at. Wow, I hope I'm never there again, right? And I think that's why I love what I do, uh, right? Because I can maybe inspire some change, uh, some growth, some personal growth, some personal freedom, uh, in some of the things that we teach, you know, here at Calm the Chaos, right? And in our Calm the Chaos community and the coaching we get to do there. Uh, so it's it's something that really lights me up and, and makes me feel like I'm making a difference in this world. So in the subsequent months, I I started to really do some deep work, like deep inner work around my anger and how could I let go Um I remember I started uh, having conversations with a therapist and, and she was helpful to an extent. It was a lot of like talking and there wasn't a lot of coaching and there, it, there wasn't a lot of questioning. It was just like allowing me to, to be and to, to think freely. And there was nothing attached to it. There was no judgment involved, which was a great step, right? And it's hard to have those tough conversations and it's hard to have the freedom of speech when you're talking to your partner or to your friends, right? Cause there is some ugly that comes out, right? There is some not Pinterest perfect, you know, stuff. The transformation began there right? I started feeling all the feelings. I started to understand what was making me tick and what was making me so mad. And one of the like transformational things that came into my life was the thought that you're giving away your 
you're giving away your freedom, right? You are making a choice to hand over, you know, what I call personal power, right? Your energy, your, your life force, what, whatever it is for you, you're, you're handing that over to someone else and saying, you know what? It's on you, right? You do it, right? So whether that is your kid, right? It's up to your kid to make you happy or it's up to your spouse to make you happy. And I think a lot of that is just autopilot stuff, right? It's just kind of like this blame and shame victim mentality society that we have, right? A lot of it comes down to like the way that the news is delivered. And there's a whole, there's a whole thought process there behind why it is the way it is. But when I had that realization that I was handing over all of my power to my two-year-old, to my six-year-old, to my eight-year-old, right? To my wife, to, you know, all the things, right? Finances, the economy, you know, the, the jerk driving down the road, honking my horn, right? I was all those things. When I started to get clear that that was not the reality that I wanted to live, that I wanted to start transforming my world from the inside out, that was like my ticket to freedom, my ticket to happiness, my ticket to the world that I live in now. And the amazing part is I would never have been on this journey. I would never have the connected like spiritual life that I have. I feel so much more fulfilled and happy and joyous if I didn't have these really hard moments with my kid and these lessons that came from those really hard moments have made me who I am today, right? So as hard as it was to go through all this, right, I have so much gratitude and so much love and like heartfelt thanks to my children for teaching me these things, right? Bringing me their wisdom Right. And, and, and helping me kind of like come online, so to speak, so that like I can feel my feelings and I can get in touch with my heart and who I am and what I want, like as a person, as a dad, as a human being. Right? Uh, and it's just been truly transformational for me learning from them. I think my 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 challenge for you guys as dads is to think about life a little bit differently. Think about, you know, how you were raised. Think about what lessons you learned from your your grandfather, your granddad, right? Think about what lessons you learned from your dad. What did you kind of download when you were little? How do you talk to your mom? How do you talk to the mailman? How do you, you know, be the man of the house? What does that look like for you, right? That's how the brain works. We download all this information like a giant sponge right before we were even really online. And those subconscious patterns that you learn as a child start to play out in your life as an adult, right? 95% of your day is autopilot. Your subconscious is doing the work for you. It's a brilliant system. I can't imagine having to consciously think about everything I'm doing all the time, breathing, looking, glancing, moving my muscles. It would be like, right? My whole, my whole brain would be on fire all the time. The amazing part is we have this subconscious system that does it all for us. But the downside is that a lot of that subconscious programming happened before you had the cognitive ability to make those choices, thoughts, and decisions yourself. So you're kind of fighting an uphill battle 
unless you had a really super amazing role model who was emulating, right, how to connect with yourself, how to connect with others, how to understand the people around you, how to have empathy and compassion, right, how to empower those around you so that not only you can succeed, but they can concede or they can succeed uh, all at the same time. And, you know, when we can have that collaboration, right, then together we can move forward, right? So if you had that, right, and I was pretty darn close to that growing up, which is amazing, and I still had these massive leaps to go, like bounds to go before, uh, you know, I sort of made these leaps of, hey, how can I understand my kids? How can I accept them for who they are, not how can I get mad at them for who they're not, right, and help change them into who they're not. So my my challenge for you today is what would it look like if you were to change the way you think about yourself, your kids, your relationships? What would it look like if you were to forgive yourself for not having all the answers? Right for not reaching out to your friends, your family, your spouse when you need them most. Right, what would it look like if you forgave yourself for that? What would it look like if you were able to forgive yourself, right, and let go of the past? And I think the most important part is what would it look like if you started asking for help? Right, I don't know how to handle my kids' behavior. I need help. I don't know what to do in these situations. I need help. Right. And, and I think finally is, is what would it look like if you started to work together as a family team? If you started to open up who you were, started to open up and communicate with yourself, with your spouse, with your kids, right, with your extended family, the community at large and say, hey, guys, this is hard. Parenting is hard. Right. My kid isn't easy. I need help. Right. And saying, can you help me? And that's the important part, because I know so many humans, when you ask for help, they immediately, right, because it's so easy to help others, right? Because in a way, it helps you, right? It makes you feel good about yourself, that you're able to help, right? So when you give others the opportunity to help you, right, you get to fill their lives with joy. Your life gets to become a little easier and just, you know, there's a lot of harmony that you invite into your world, when you start opening yourself up to the idea that you can't do everything yourself. You're not alone in this journey. There are others who've come before you. There are others willing to learn with you. There are others willing to carry the load a little bit while you're walking you know, this journey. And to me, that is the essence of humanity. That is the amazing like saving grace of like the human race, right? Is that at the end of the day, we are a connected, you know, human experience. And when you ask for the help and when you say, hey, we're we're experiencing this together, is there any way we can like build a team and build a foundation? There are some amazing things that happen. So I think that's what I have to say for today. Thanks for listening. I, I don't I don't know what the, <laughs> the best way to, to get in touch, but you know, email help at calmthechaosframework.com. Let me know your parenting story just you know it's like hey dad episode or whatever like hey this is for jason you know this is for lemon pickle whatever whatever you know floats your boat there let me know like does this resonate with you does this help 
Um, I'd love to connect with you guys and just help you on your, your dad journey, help you on your father journey. I think that's what I have for today. Uh, you guys are simply amazing. Uh, thank you for listening and go forth and conquer your day. Oh, and before I go, one quick note for all of you who are enjoying the podcast. My new book is officially live and I know you're going to love it. So just a quick reminder, you can go get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you do, you'll get some cool bonuses as well. Once again, get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com and I'll see you next week.